0: Show them that God works even through those assignments. That, you know, present to them a God that is able to work in all things in their lives for their good in his glory, including the assignments that are annoying them and taking up their time.
1: Here we go! Press them on your children. Hello,
0: and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine.
1: All right, Tony, it's that time again, my friend. How are you doing? You look angelic with the light coming in behind you, kind of like touched by an angel.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well, so maybe I should take the shades down. It's... uh... You know, it's been a pretty nice time this year. It's been a colder than normal summer by a little bit, I think. But it's supposed to be, we're supposed to get in the 90s next week, which will be interesting for uh, our kids are back in school and they don't have AC units at schools in Maine generally. So that'll be fun.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we, our summer started cool and then it has been just roasting. Now uh, we had this thing called, I'd never heard of this, a heat dome. Um, okay. We had a heat dome over us until this week, and with the hurricane stuff, I guess that kind of ripped that out. But um, so it's a little more, little bit more moderate today. Um, but yeah, schools actually around here got out halfway through the day yesterday because of the path of the hurricane. Ooh. We were just, we we're kind of on the edge of it. Yeah, we got rain, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so you know, we we definitely have uh, air conditioners around here. Uh, Because the poor children, they would be melt into puddles on the floor. (laughs) I think if uh, if they didn't, uh, because we've become so soft with uh, our air-conditioned things. But as kids go back to school, uh, that—that's what we want to talk about today. And um, specifically, thinking about the spiritual aspect of that, but but also there is the school aspect and the the academics and Mm -hmm. um, the things that go with it. So. How did you review view returning to classes over the years that you spent in school? Because you're in school a lot of time, you know, as a child, teenager, and as an adult. So um, what was that like for you?
0: So I would say growing up, I hated it. Uh, You know, I I, I did not particularly like school, and I enjoyed having my freedom and doing what what I wanted to do. And uh, which, you know, especially in the 90s, you know, I feel like, I mean, there was not a lot of impositions on kids during the summer. uh, But, you know, and I would say over the years that changed somewhat, significantly even. uh, You know, in seminary, I... I, I think I would have looked forward to it for the most part, uh, the kind of when school was coming back. I really enjoyed my studies in seminary, although a little different because I, I basically never took a break because I was always taking uh, summer and winter classes. So, But if I had more of a traditional summer, I think I would have really been excited for the fall to come about. But how about you, Ben?
1: I think there, there was an element of uh, kind of dreading it. Uh, there was also some excitement, I think. I did enjoy school in some ways. I was competitive, and so I wanted to, you know, make good grades and this kind of thing and beat the other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to learn. I mean, I'm mean, curious, and so yeah, as I got older too, there was an element that I really did, um, you know, especially by the time we were in seminary and you got these other adult responsibilities. I was glad when the semester was coming to a close, just kind of relief. Um, And I, unlike you, I actually, I tried to, I remember trying to encourage you to take some breaks, but um, (laughs) I, I would take, um, I think I took maybe two (laughs) classes over the summer and they were online or something. Um, But that was, I didn't ever do those, uh, the so-called J terms. Um, I would read ahead though. Often I would pick one class and try to like just dive into the reading for that class to help make it more manageable during the semester. Um, but yeah, I mean the longer, you know, when you get to seminary, you're there because you want to, um, not because your mom and dad are making you in the state is making you. So I would hope that's the the case.
0: You know, I, I, I'm not going to promise that's never happened otherwise, but I would hope that's the case. So, Uh,
1: yeah. So how about your kids now? I mean, are they like, yes, dad school, or are they, you know, we got to pry them out of the bed or what's that like?
0: Yeah. So, I mean. I, I think they're not as antagonistic towards it as I was, but I, I also think they're disappointed to not have, you know, they've enjoyed some of the fun of summer vacation and, and all that, and they're kind of sad not to be able to. I mean, in Maine, you can go anywhere in nature during the summer, and it's glorious, and so, mm. you know, ending summer is not a fun <laughs> proposition, I think, here in Maine. Uh, but, you know, ironically, our kids do a lot of education over the summer on their own, and uh, but yet they not as... Excited about school being, but they won't mind it, I don't think. So There, are some of them, I think all of them had a good first day and, and enjoyed seeing their their friends. So how about okay. you, Ben?
1: Yeah, I mean, our kids were not just dreading it. I mean, there was some like, oh, man. But I think there was also some level of looking forward to it. And because it has been just smoking hot here. Yeah. You know, there was, there's limited desire to go outside. Uh, so, yeah, I think that also plays a part in it uh, and we actually you know we're right here on the edge of the savannah river um i mean our church is like two blocks away from the river um yeah. so we have this weird situation where we have four counties that are right here like represented in our church and the two south carolina counties um, are now on a year-round school calendar and so i mean those kids started like we did vbs and then they in july they started school the next week so it's kind of a kind of a new thing for us but So, did you have, or do you have any rituals or traditions uh, as you try to prepare your kids to return, or is it just like, "All right, guys, it's Monday morning, or whatever day you start, let's go."
0: Throw them to the wolves. So, (laughs) yeah. So uh, that so we we tend to take a vacation before school starts. Just it works out for a family to take a uh, a little week vacation but you know so our kids often think you know vacations coming to an a summer break's coming to an end when we have this vacation uh we get supplies as far out as we can so you know i think some of the final days are resting but we will typically take more significant time in family worship to pray for their teachers and to pray for their classmates uh yeah so i mean i think that's some of the things that we'll do but i mean we don't you know do as much as as some other families do what do you guys do Ben.
1: we don't have anything uh real well defined but real, i mean so you talked about your vacation how's that private jet working out is that you guys enjoying that
0: yeah i i had to uh get upgrade on the uh red carpets in there so and uh <laughs> that uh, you know too much champagne i guess so, but, <laughs> but other, i like to good. hear
1: that that you are you're enjoying those things um yeah, I mean, we try to spend some time praying. I asked the kids some questions this year. I wouldn't say that it's I uh, – I don't even remember what I did last year, but uh, just asking them what kind of goals they had for themselves and um, different things like that. But it was not – we don't have any kind of super set thing that we do. And I don't think that you have to. I mean, some people, it's it's a thing, and for others, it's not. Um, so what are the some of the things that you as a dad like about kids returning?
0: Yeah, so um, I that my work schedule tends to be Sunday through Thursday, and uh, I'll work on Sunday afternoon, and so that means Fridays uh, when there's not something pressing for church ministry, when the kids are in school, uh, I get a date with my wife. So, <laughs> so that will uh, Friday, you know, even this tomorrow as a recording we're planning on going canoeing uh and which we would not be able to do if the kids were not in school so that that is one thing i like about kids going to school uh mm. and uh, you know i i like and i dislike in a sense uh the routine i mean i think it can be uh that i uh, sorry that was supposed to be uh that uh no no i'm sorry yeah no that was sorry ah so, yeah, I, I think I like and I dislike the routine that they have. And, and our kids feel the same way uh, that uh, and, uh, you know, in the sense that I like that, it you know, provides us more stability. And, you know, but at the same time, the routine can mean there's just a lot going on and that can be a struggle. But uh, I do like I do definitively dislike less time with them. And I think they dislike less time with dad as well. But other than that, I think those are kind of the key things for us. How about you, Ben?
1: I think yes. The, the, some of the added structure, and, and not that we just had zero structure in the summer. I think we probably could have done better to provide some more structure on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. But again, there there was some. Um, but in school, it is built in more. Just um, yeah. whether, and we have a split situation. We've got one child in you know like institutional school, and then two that are homeschooled. Uh, but there is still a predictable pattern to that. But like you said. It can mean less time, and particularly with our child that goes, you know, to school. Um, you know, she gets home, has homework, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then also, she has played uh, last year. She played school sports. She wants to this year. Only one sport, but um, you know, during that season, you got practices and games and that kind of thing. And you know, I mean, we go to the game as a family. But um, it's just it is different, and so it also means um, some lack of flexibility because of our school situation when we had everyone at home um one well, at that point our youngest was you know wasn't even in school yet he wasn't old enough but if we wanted to go see my wife's in-laws you know if they were the amish we talked about that a couple of times ago mm-hmm. um that we we could do that and uh, now we don't have that kind of just go when we want to uh kind of flexibility yeah, I miss so homeschooling
0: just, for that reason. <laughs> huh? I miss the homeschooling time in our family for that reason. But oh it not. is
1: nice you can go and travel when it's just yeah off peak.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but there, there are uh, benefits and costs all the way around. Yep. So why is going to school and learning a a Christian kind of thing, even if the kids are not in Christian school or they're not teaching them the Bible or something? It's not coming from a Christian perspective. Yeah,
0: I don't uh, know some of them, their answers. kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I, I think we are meant to love God with our mind. I think that is one clear aspect. Uh, I think that can be made overly really simplistic, especially with, I'm not sure that the mind being the same thing, and, and our world as it was in New Testament Greek, but still, nonetheless, <laughs> I think we are called to love God with that aspect of our mental selves, and so doing that, I think, will involve... Learning will involve growing in our knowledge and even in formal settings. Uh, I, I think this also carries, in a, in a way, the idea of the cultural mandate. So, you know, I think being educated so that we can go and do, so that we can understand our world, Around us, I think it's part of the creation and cultural mandate, uh, and I think further growing in the kind of things that children grow in, that even adults grow in as they continue to learn as they go to school, uh, can be in itself an act of worship. Uh, you know, as we kind of understand things, if we're able to apply things, as we're able to live out uh, these gifts and abilities that God has given in the world, even, the no- even sets of knowledge that God has provided for us, I think that can be an act of worship. What do you think, Ben?
1: I like what you said. Um, yeah, it, what we think of as the mind is different in, than it was in um, biblical writings. But still... God does call for us to engage our ability to think. And, um, you know, educational philosophy has changed over time. And in some ways, I think we've lost some things. But from what I'm aware of, you know, there was this idea of being formed by the education, not just downloading some information, but that it was shaping and forming us um, to what we should love, and what is good, and what we should pursue. And that's a very Christian thing. It's not just about, well, we need to believe what's true, but we also need to love what is true and, and <clears throat> have our lives patterned around that. Um, now, again, I think this there's wide applicability to this, but Psalm 111, 2, and this verse is actually, um, I've heard, is like engraved in some place at Cambridge University, uh, but it says, the Lord's works are great, studied by all who delight in them. Hmm. Now... I think there, there's a sense in which it's, it's talking about God's saving acts, uh, and so we would look at those. But also, I mean, God's works are displayed in creation. You you see um, the natural world. I mean, math and just how that works. Like th- that didn't have to work that way, but it does. Um, physics, th- these kinds of things. Um, us being able to have this conversation using shared yep. symbols, you know, in language. Um, And then you were talking about New Testament Greek, that we can go from one language to the next. and I mean, not that we regularly have conversations in New Testament Mm -hmm. Greek, (laughs) Yeah. send each other little notes. Um, But, you know, all those things are – we're engaging and using the amazing abilities God has given the human mind. And so, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a Christian thing. It can be a form of worship. Now, we have – you know our con- the educational system we have now does not really view it that way um but it's kind of like the fall in the image of god like yes it's gotten messed up but it's still there it's the the statue has been defaced but you can still tell what's there yeah so
0: you know what's interesting i think that a high value of education has been kind of treated as even in american history as a product of kind of uh, secularism and humanism but in reality i mean it's that it, it is deeply tied to, to Christian history, the idea of valuing education, and even in America. I mean, even, I remember I wrote a biography on... On Aaron Burr, and uh, and it was trying to be a proponent of Aaron Burr, and it mentioned his love of education for his daughter and other things like that. And what it neglected to bring up was that he loved it so much because even though he walked away from Christianity, Aaron Burr did. I mean, he inherited this value of education from his father, Aaron Burr Sr., uh, who is a uh, devout Christian pastor, as well as his grandfather, Jonathan Edwards. Who was that Jonathan Edwards?
1: And yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because the early universities in Europe it was started by Christians, and in America, places up you know kind of close to you like Harvard and Yale mm-hmm. and those places they were started to train pastors, um, and so they had deep Christian commitments. Even though those have departed, I mean, I, there's still some faithful people there, but um, they don't have quite the same mission that they used to, and right. um, and so that's the world we're in. So what kind of things uh, should parents keep in mind, uh, particularly from a spiritual perspective, as they reenter these routines uh, and the work that school brings?
0: Yeah, so I think that they should keep in mind that discipleship should never be lost in the extracurriculars. I think that is... Maybe, to me, the most key thing that they should keep in mind, because I think what often happens in school kind of starts up, discipleship is dropped, uh, even through the routine. Ah uh, but discipleship, I don't think really gets dropped because the kid has learned math. but I think discipleship gets lost because <laughs> we you know we sign them up for fourteen other different things that are not in any sense required for school other than your dream for your kid to be able to get a scholarship for you know, I don't know, playing football with a uh, while riding on a horse or something. and <laughs>
1: but, they, they won't get into Harvard but, if yeah. they don't do fourteen extracurriculars.
0: Uh, I, I, I'll add, I think there can be spiritual dangers. On the hori- that on the horizons on all sides, uh, you know. There, I think that whether you're homeschooled, private schooled, or and, or in public school. Uh, I think all of them face real spiritual dangers that the that the child could be introduced to. I mean, actually, I know of even a fantastic homeschool program where somebody was uh, who was a tutor was denying some core teachings of the Christian faith and kind of introducing kids to those ideas, uh, as well as some uh, pretty extreme conspiracy theories. And, and so these kind of... Sounds fun. There's, you know, we have to be aware that there's going to be spiritual influences that are not as good. So uh, and I think also parents should keep in mind that they are responsible first for the forming of their children's minds. And so I, I do think that this does involve not just a spiritual education, but I think that a parent, in the responsibility that God gives the parent is the one that makes sure that their child is learning. And we can't have the pass the buck mentality that I think some Christians can have, even if we do go to public school or private school, it has to still be somewhat of a responsibility. What do you think, Ben? Ben?
1: Well, right. I, now, I would disagree a little bit, maybe um, depending on the family situation or what their priorities are, you could have some that because the kid has to learn math, or maybe he's not disciplined in doing his math, or she um, is really excelling. You know, those kinds of things can factor in that uh, they may not be doing tons and tons of extracurriculars, but um, it could just be some lack of prioritization of uh, yeah. family discipleship. But regardless, you you bring on some. If you're losing free time from the summer and then you have the routine of school oh I've got this work to do and oh, I've got homework and oh, I can't do this or you know I mean there's just a whole lot that can enter into that conversation but that we do need to keep in mind we don't just disciple our kids at some points in the year it's, it's a steady ongoing yeah. thing and just because school's in and because there's some responsibilities that they have now that they didn't um, or that we need to help them with yeah we still have to make it, it something. Um, we did a, a this event for some parents on Sunday uh, where our student ministry and kids ministry partnered together, and um, we gave them, among other things, we gave them some tips for family worship, family devotional time, and um, one of the things I told them, is to just, just put it on your calendar. I held up my phone. I was like, how many of yeah. you use some kind of electronic calendar or even a paper calendar, or whatever, but just put it on there. Just, okay, commit to it. Um, and I think that that can help us if we go. Okay, it's there. All right, we've we've scheduled it. Um, so, how can parents help their kids to do their schoolwork and their learning in a way that's as unto the Lord, um, without achievement and excellence and all that, just becoming this end in itself, this idol that we're serving? Uh,
0: probably like competing them against one another, and uh, for mm. our gratification and our acceptance. I'm
1: kidding. That's terrible. So. <laughs> I know you say that. I know now. He, this was not a Christian home at this point. Uh, <laughs> I've got a friend who he did poorly on a test. He was from his parents were from another culture. Mm-hmm. Um, he did poorly on yeah. a test, and anyway, at dinner time, his mom set the stuff out, and he came to the table and he looked. He goes, "Oh wait, mom." And then he knew, and he just got up and left the table. And I mean, th- this was in America, but yeah. again, you know, and it was a thing like you've shamed us basically. Um, so,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. So, uh, so yeah, so I think one thing that we can do with them is uh, that pray with them as they hit the studying early on, especially in the year you know, I think that can be an opportunity that we don't just say that, uh, you know, when we're studying that they, you know, that they just deal with it, you know, this is kind of separated from the spiritual, but you know, but that we could, I think a family could be wise to say, you know, the first couple of weeks, you know, before you guys get to study, I'm going to pray for you guys about this. And, and we're going to pray together that God would, God would help clear your minds uh, so that you can do your best, but also glorify him in what you do. I will say that's easy for me to say when our school district doesn't really do a ton of homework at all. So, <laughs> so there's not much, much of to that. But uh, uh, I, I think show them, uh, I think, examples. Of learning is unto the Lord, uh, whether it be in Christians that you know that pursue education, or even actually something that is pretty accessible that our kids have benefited from as an example uh, of growing in knowledge for the glory of God. Actually, has been a YouTube series. It's uh, there's a, a YouTube series called Smarter Every Day, uh, and this is uh, is done by the, I don't can't remember the name of the host, but he's a Christian man, and uh, and I think. Alabama uh, and he did stuff with NASA and believe it or not yeah yeah and he did he ends every video with a Bible verse uh, but you know he doesn't talk a ton about his faith but I think the fact that he even does that is an example that he literally the whole purpose of the thing is to to encourage people to study and to grow in knowledge and then him ending with a Bible verse I think shows that that is part of his faith Uh, I'd also add don't overvalue grades Or even overvalue just kind of a rote memorization that some people can do. Because, you know, we're going to work, we want to work them towards true knowledge. And true knowledge is not always going to be reflected on the report cards. So, uh, and and I think also finally I'd say show them that God works even through those assignments that you know present to him a god that is able to work in all things in their lives for their good in his glory including the assignments that are annoying them and taking up their time so
1: (laughs) what would you say (laughs) no that's that's good um yeah i've seen a few of those smarter everyday things Uh, that's actually that i he had the uh that verse from psalm 111 on there um if there's some interesting stuff in there like i think really anybody would find it fascinating um but, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for our kids to see that, you know, when they're really young, they don't have a job yet. Um, but th- this is a, a labor that they're giving, and they can do it in a way that pleases the Lord, they're doing it to – I'm um, trying to understand your world, God, and to be – so I can be a blessing to other people. Because, you know, once they get old enough to start asking some questions, sometimes it's like, when am I ever going to use – and then you fill in the blank. Yeah. and. Uh, my daughter's math teacher last year opened up class, I think, for this year with this um, activity where they had to go through and they had to like – they were trying to find some sort of profession where you wouldn't need math. Ooh. And he demonstrated to them pretty clearly and convincingly um, that, yes, you do need math if you're going to be a photographer. Um, just things like this where there's ways that you need to, to learn some of these things. Now, maybe you don't need like – quantum physics or you know quantum mechanics or some of this kind of stuff but um at this point i think they were like pre-algebra or uh, no actually this pre- that this year whatever it was before that um and so just encouraging them along i think some of it's just going to be more conversations as you go but I, I like the things you said as well so what kinds of things because you, you mentioned praying for the kids um related to this specifically What are some things you think are really pressing for parents to pray about for their kids as they go back into school? And let's think, too, like not just kids that are in elementary or high school or something, but even college-age kids who may not be there at home.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, before I answer that, I, I was just thinking I think an exception for this. Uh, a job that you wouldn't need math would be. You know, there, there used to be like uh, some kings that have cup errors that basically their whole job was to drink whatever they're given uh, first so that, you know, in, in case it's poisoned. And so basically it's just to hope they don't die. And I, I, I don't imagine there's a lot of math in all of that, but I could be wrong.
1: Maybe figuring out how, if, if you know, something got into your system, you know, how long you would have, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> those are your actual questions. So, uh, you know, I think... I think in both cases for college age as well as, you know, kids entering regular school, uh, you know, we need to uh, pray for kids that they don't find their identity and their peers and their activities or even in their successes in life. Uh, But that they totally find their identity in Christ, because I think that will be a significant temptation in any form of education for children, especially if they're educated with others, that they find their identity outside of Christ, and I think that is a real danger, and uh, and I think that a source of foolishness. So, in both cases, also, uh, you know, I think if they know Jesus, we can pray that they be a witness. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes Christians have been quick to dismiss the idea that children can be a witness in school systems, but I'm not sure that Jesus dismissed that idea. Uh, and uh, I think we can pray that they have discernment because they're going to hear all kinds of worldview. I mean, whether it be, I mean, we talked about yoga one time, uh, and we're. We, and I mentioned the conspiracy theories and being taught in homeschools uh, and pray that they have discernment, that they, they check everything according to the word of God. And then finally, I think we can we should pray that they um, that they resist fear of man, because I think fear of man is going to be a significant danger and enticement once school settings and these kind of peer groups meetings come about. What do you think, Ben?
1: I really good things, and that's something I've been just a bigger topic. Been thinking about some lately. The need to pray specific targeted prayers, uh, in general, but especially for my kids. Yeah. And I mean, I remember being early on in my marriage. I mean, I think we're talking like three years or so or less. And you know, we were in a season where things were going pretty well, and I just sort of relied on inertia. Yeah. of of us two sinful people in our circumstances to continue rocking along and the lord just struck me with the realization one day you fool why are you're just sort of hoping and relying on yourselves to help things go better or go well continue yeah. that way you need to be praying for this relationship mm-hmm. and it was a, a good reminder and for my kids i mean i um, was reading through a guy we've had on i guess three times now uh, chat bett that's his book we did a study through it uh disciple making parent with some dads and he quotes someone else in the book um it's a book on prayer and the guy said you know it took me 17 years to figure this out but i realized that if i was not like begging god for my kids my you know kids in particular uh, on a daily basis they, they were going to kill each other you know i mean just the nature yeah. of sin and living together um and I mean I grew up – I've got three other siblings, but I, they didn't all live with me. I've got half on each side and then a step sister who didn't live you know, there full time, so I, I saw her sporadically. Um, so really most of the time I just had one other sibling with me, and the the two half-siblings, they're 10, 11 years younger than me. So you know, we weren't fighting over who was going to sit in a certain spot at the dinner table or – you know that kind of stuff like i was thankfully past that point um and so it was just kind of a different dynamic now having three lord willing uh soon have a fourth um this that kind of stuff it becomes very real and, and needing you see different idols and different issues that each kid has whether it's just in character in general or as it relates to school and so being praying very specifically because one I mean that's what you're targeting and yeah. um, it's good for them to hear you pray that out loud too in front of them um, and it's going to affect I think too the way that you talk to them Uh, the way that you might encourage them or correct them or things like that but um just having that that targeted uh kind of thing so i guess that's more addressing the question itself but um or the sort of meta question but yeah i I don't know that I have anything great to add to the things that you're talking about um you know with their college age kids there's a lot of things out there saying they pray they'd be connected to to local churches and not going to, you know, Bedside Baptist, um, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, encourage them along in that, because that's really important. Um, as, as important as the college that they end up going to, if they go there, um, it's probably more important the, the people that they're connected with and following Jesus, because um, really, unless they go to Harvard or some and there are Yale and the Skull and Bone Society, I mean, some of those really, really elite universities, which is a very small uh, proportion of people where they went to school in the end is not gonna make some huge difference probably in them getting <laughs> a job um now maybe providential god opens up kind of some door and like oh you went to such and such place oh i did too Or my wife went there and I, yeah. but i mean you don't know how god's gonna work all that out um there's a lot of places you can go and get a good education um, that are not elite universities where you've paying i don't know what it is fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year in tuition. Um, or you know you could also go the route of getting your parents to make a small you know five to ten million dollar donation. In that range, you're probably safe to get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but unless you're at that level, you you know probably don't worry about it. Well, so Tony, we've talked about this kind of in passing that there could be some conflict that might arise between school obligations or extracurricular ab- uh, obligations that kind of go along with school uh, and church stuff. So when those things do conflict what types of principles could help families navigate through that
0: yeah so i think uh there's a couple things that stick to mind i think uh very very clearly we need to think about the lord's day and uh i I think first and you know I obviously know most kids that probably don't go to actual school on Sundays, you know, I just hope. That I've never heard of a school district that does that, but, you know, I, I do think that we, when we think about what the pious party in our schedule, it should be gathering for the saints. I mean, it should be not neglecting to meet together, as, as some are in the habit of doing, to, to paraphrase Hebrews 10, uh, but, uh, you know, and honor what is called the Lord's Day in Scripture, uh, and I think doing this is to fulfill the one another's. And, but I think this applies because there's so many of these school systems that end up adding these extracurriculars that run into Sundays. I, I feel like, I mean, the vast majority of sports, it's assumed that you will be active in the sport on Sunday mornings. And, and I think that we can, must make that stake it out clearly for our families, that we do not choose an extracurricular over gathering with the saints when, when the Bible commands us to do these things. So, but beyond, beyond actual worship service, the Lord's day worship service, I think this is somewhat of a wisdom matter, but, uh, uh, the emphasis that we're putting in our family, I think does matter. Cause I, I think sometimes there can be an attitude. Well, there's a wisdom matter means it doesn't matter. That doesn't indicate that at all. Uh, it does, there is wisdom on how we choose the right thing. Uh, so, you know, I think, as an approach to that, I know of Christians that will insist upon uh, an activity in addition to Sunday morning service, like, for example, Wednesday night youth group. I know of Christians that will say that their kids will do that before they do anything else. Uh, or I know of, um, like, Jen Wilkin, uh, who insists that their kids only do one sport. Uh, and I think those kind of things can be uh, that can be a wisdom issue can be very wise and a good choice to make if a parent wants to do. It. I'm not going to tell you where to draw that line, but I think it's a good idea to draw those kind of lines so but I think either way what one thing that we should be doing is we should be teaching our children the benefits uh, that they uh, benefits of the things of the Lord so that they would make the right choices on their own. I think we should pray and try to raise them up in such a way that they would actually desire to go to a Bible study over going to some of these extracurriculars when they don't need to. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Ben?
1: I I think those are good things to consider. Um, I think too, when you end up with a conflict, maybe asking what are some of the underlying issues? I mean, what if, you know I can think of a scenario where kids, well, i've got I've got homework. Well, um and so I can't go to school or go go to this church thing. And I think there's it's worth asking the question, well, is it you have homework and you were messing around for hours and hours, and oh, suddenly I've got to do this, or is it really this is a just a really hard project that you have? or you're really struggling in this area and you've been diligent and yeah, I mean, I think Sunday <laughs> is a, um, in particular, you know, commanded the, the gathering on the Lord's day. Uh, and even, I mean, the word church it, it refers to a gathering. So it church is more than a gathering, but it's not less than that. But yeah, when it comes to these midweek things, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I've heard different stuff like that. Um, we are thinking the area of hey this is helpful, but it's you don't want to be a legalist about it. But at the same time, like if you're, you may have some characters just going on if, if the kids trying to find a way out of something that you know your family's kind of committed to doing, um, or they're they're just being lazy in some other area. They they kind of like it, but they're oh I gotta I gotta do this. Um, I think sometimes maybe it's helping them face the music on something. Um, and face natural consequences, um, well, I guess you're not going to have much time to study on that. or you know, uh, And not making their grades the end-all, be-all. Um, your grades matter, especially, you know, I mean, it can be a reflection of what you've learned, but also how hard you're working. Again, there's qualifications we could make to all that. Yeah. I, I understand. Um, and then, two, what your ambitions are past high school, but, you know, a failed test here and there, or those kinds of things is not going to just completely sabotage your uh, academic career. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's trying to keep keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> now, I also think somewhat there is an element that, this can be a false economy, especially. I, I read a study recently that uh, did you know the average teenager, the average uh, like high school student, uh, play, I think plays 15, 15 or sixteen hours of video games a week.
1: So, you know, so <laughs> that's kind of what I was that. thinking of. Um, yeah, it's oh, I don't have time. Well, what have you been doing? Fortnite. <laughs> uh, and if it's like I was out, you know, I was evangelizing and feeding the homeless, and uh, and I was studying, and then you know, my I got. a <laughs> Flat tire. Okay, well, you know, but well, I beat the next level of whatever game. Um, that's a different thing. So. How can parents help their kids view school as an opportunity to serve others? You talked about um, being a witness earlier, but you know just an an opportunity to serve others uh, in various ways and to nudge people towards Christ, uh, especially you you brought up the fear of man, and that's an issue for us all, but especially I feel like the younger we are, we really are concerned about that. Yeah. um so, yeah, what are your thoughts on?
0: Approaching that. Yeah. So I, we did a p- technology podcast uh, a while ago. I, I actually don't remember how long ago, but one of the things that I, I think you had brought up was uh, from a book, uh, an author encourages his children that he limits technology for to basically just uh, embrace being different. You know, that, mm-hmm. that this is just we're different. This is just what our family's like. And I think that that we should raise kids in that attitude in general especially as they navigate a school system where many of them are not going to be living for the Lord. And many of them, even in private schools, frankly, aren't going to be. Uh, and and I think that uh, we also m- encourage them to be loving, even as they're different, because I think there can be a tendency towards picking one or the other, and it shouldn't be the case. But uh, I think we can also show them how uh, learning can be part of the second great commandment. Uh, you know, the two greatest commandments, love God and love neighbor. And, and so, you know, we when our kids are learning math, when kids are learning, you know, English literature, I think these are actually things that, when they use it rightfully, end up serving their fellow man, end up blessing their fellow man, and not even just through like, oh, now I can give money to my church but through uh, more direct love towards one another. So. And I think another thing is uh, we, we should talk with them about how their relationships uh, work and, and what's going on in their relationships because I think relationships can be a really key struggle. And I don't just mean romantic relationships uh, among young people and navigating kind of a fear of man and how much they are kind of being warped into the image of their friends rather than being conformed to the image of Christ. And and while we talk with them about how they're being impacted in their relationships, I think we can model Christ as the center of of our relationships rather than fear of man. And and I think when they see that, hopefully that can compel them in that direction. What do you think, Ben?
1: Mm. So it's kind of a follow-up. You know, you, I know you guys did homeschool, and then you've been doing public school for a number of years. How do you th- think that that particular setting has shaped kind of your kids' approach to um, to this kind of thing—serving others, nudging people towards Christ, and, and realizing, like, yeah, we are <laughs> we are different. Um,
0: the public school setting, you mean?
1: Uh huh.
0: I think we have to talk about a lot more, a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think we have to be in the watch. I I think it's Routine that we we see our kids are and you know we see our kids are being influenced in ways that aren't helpful in even tones or terminology or attitudes or trying to do things that may that to be seen as cool and I think it happens in every context but especially from more of a overtly you know secular. Uh, some of our more overtly secular things, and so I think we have to be we have to have constant communication. And I think if we couldn't have considerable amounts of communication, I we would put our kids in homeschool or private school if we had the financial ability to do so. Well,
1: so okay, so that's helpful, but like even from your kids' perspective, as far as like um, I mean, at least I know one of them um, professes to be a Christian, and it seems like um, one of your others also has. Tried to reach out and things in various ways. So, like, did they see, like, yes, okay, we are different and it's made them just more aware? Um, I'm just trying to think through, you know, our own situation. We've got one at school, but in a Christian school. But this one even recognizes, like, yeah, I mean, there's people there that would say they're Christian. I'm not so sure. Um, whereas in public school, there's probably a high, much higher percentage of people who would not call themselves that.
0: No, I think that our kids kind of know that they're weird in a lot of ways. I think that's kind of been. You know, I think part part of it is you know we live in an area where very few people move out of the state anyway, and so mm. they're they're weird from the perspective that they have an Italian last name. They're from away. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, yeah, and uh, and they have an Italian last name, so I think that actually makes it easier for them to accept that we're weird because we're raised in, and raised in the faith. Uh, and so, but yeah, but I think there's some degree to which I, I, I think they know that their peers see them as odd for this and they're, they've just kind of accepted that.
1: Okay. So just bringing the family business to Maine. Exactly. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes, my two, my children too, um, have a funny last name from Poland. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, um, the, the the issue with the fear of man can just be difficult, Wh- whatever your situation is with schooling, homeschool, Christian school, private school, because they want to fit in. They're trying to figure out, especially as they get a little bit older, like, do I fit in? Um, yeah. What – what am I into? Um, how are people perceiving me? And uh, it can feel like all, all eyes are on them, uh, even though really, mostly everyone's eyes on them themselves, So they don't notice the thing that's you know yeah. you've got going on that day because they're absorbed with themselves. Um, but I think I don't know that I've, uh, I've gotten this fully figured out. This is something we're trying to uh, to work on and you know ask questions at points, um, pray specific you know pray privately but also pray um where the kids can hear us for those kinds of things they'd be looking for those opportunities um that the conversations would arise and you know i think because this is just the the benefit i have i guess of my daughter being at school where i work um i have to walk past where school things are going on and so it makes me just think of her uh and so sometimes i'll pray oh looks like they're at lunch lord i pray that something would come up at lunch that you know points people to you or um today you know they had chapel and um i ran into the guy that was speaking um or i ran i actually didn't run into him he was in the bathroom and his bible and his notes were on the counter and i saw what he was preaching on so you know i prayed i was actually going to pray and use that you know um but i I think it did you make
0: any corrections
1: you know, I really did want to flip through the notes real quick, but I thought that might be crossing the line So, because I didn't know who he was. Um, but I liked what I saw on the first page. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so are there other things that you think churches can do to support families and just the family as a whole – support parents and just the whole family um, during this season of the years? People are getting back into the swing of things with school.
0: Yeah, so I think I think uh, perhaps in the fall, it could be wise to incorporate local schools into the formal prayer times that a church does. I think Something that like can that? be a really helpful thing. Uh, we just did that recently, so... And and whether they be public schools or private schools or or homeschool communities or maybe Wiccan schools, I don't know. So, but uh, we'd pray very differently for those. So, uh, I, I would also say that probably one thing that they can do is not overburden uh, families with next gen activities in the beginning of the year, especially. Uh, and you know, and that's maybe something that I've learned more and more. But I uh, just even though we want to call them to sanctification discipleship, just the reality is I think almost no, no matter what kind of approach to schooling you do, there's just a lot when getting kind of in the swing of things and it can be a good thing to not over, not upset that too much. So uh, I, another thing I'd say is I think promote uh, things that are good resources uh, for navigating our culture, especially for public school kids. Uh, I think of, you know, Uh, You know, this is written for college students, but I think it should be helpful to high school students as well, is uh, Surviving Religion 101 by Michael Kruger. I think it was a a fantastic resource for that. So what do you think, Ben?
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of wisdom to the things that you were saying and just helping people kind of get their feet underneath them and not throwing all this extra stuff on there. Whether it's fun stuff or it's even discipleship things, just kind of giving them some time to um, get used to getting back into the grind um i really like the idea of praying and it, um targeted um uh, and we've done th- you know praying for teachers uh, praying for students but even it was more in a prayer meeting kind of thing or sometimes in the, the public worship service but yeah. um i think sometimes it's like giving them prayer guides of specific things like we gave out something at that parent thing the other day uh you mentioned michael kruger his wife actually um uh, put this out and it it was, I mean, it was nothing revolutionary, but it was just, she said she had been reading through the Psalms and Proverbs, um, during the summer one year, and she just found some passages that really were poignant. And, and so she picked some things, um, some obvious things and some other things like, Oh yeah. Again, just those targeted prayers. Yeah. Um, like she put Psalm nineteen one about the heavens declare the glory of God. I pray that as they learn about your world, they would behold the majesty of your glory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I've prayed for my kids over the years, like as they're studying these different things that they'll say, Oh, look, God is powerful. God is wise. God is good. Um, those kinds of, uh, requests. Um, but then, you know, the stuff with Proverbs, I pray that they would work with diligence. Um, that they would be, I pray that their teachers would be wise and gentle. Um, I pray that you would free them from the pressure of trying to be like everyone else, the fear mm-hmm. of man, by instilling them, in them the confidence to know that you, that they are uniquely made by you. It's from Psalm 139, but, you know, fearfully wonderfully made. <clears throat> and, and there's a lot of resources out there that just, one, you're teaching people how to pray, yeah. pray biblical concerns. Um, and then you just put it in their hands and say, Here use this and I mean I think a lot of people are gonna go. Well, yeah, I'm like I can do that. Yeah, Um, even though they don't feel like super spiritually mature um, They can do that and so um, I I think that's a a small but powerful thing we can do Um, so <clears throat> Tony, what advice? W- you mentioned this, kind of touched on this a minute ago, but what advice would you have for parents of kids that are in schools that are openly challenging things that are biblical norms, uh, like creational norms, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, gender, sexuality? Because that, that's you know, you guys are walking through that and having to try to be very wise. Um, how would you counsel from from your own experience and from God's word?
0: Yeah, I I would say, uh, welcome to New England. The colors will be beautiful in the fall. So first, (laughs) I'm kidding, because it's kind of, especially here. But uh, uh, I would say to expect them to be alien. Uh, And, you know, it had to be an alien in the school if they're living for Christ. And I think that is true in any educational context. I think that even in a large enough homeschool crowd, there's going to be that walking for christ is going to be walking upstream in a lot of ways and and i think that we i think we need to have that mentality of for for our kids we need to think through that posture that they are that you know that they should be kind of outsiders but for the lord and uh and not not expect them to be able to be the you know Uh, be able to get the kind of cultural cachet and acceptance that previous generations got. So, and uh, you know, I'm sorry that uh, other kids in their schools get. So, and I think also resist when your child is asked to compromise. So I, I think even resist to the school leadership and also assume the best when you do that, because it's possible that it doesn't become, you know, what you saw on the news. It's possible that when you resist that the, that people, I mean, people are often more cowardly than we think. And, and sometimes when we resist, you know, they just don't want to fight. Uh, and But be willing to. Be willing to speak up to protect your kid, to protect other kids. I think another thing would be wise is know the library. Know what's, know what's being in pushed in the library. Know what's in the contents of the library and be on the watch out. And even talk about some of the dangerous things that are in the library. Because I think the library has of schools can be a source of some really dangerous teachings these days uh and then lastly i'd ask keep a line of communication uh with a school and i think this is really key and i think this will bolt one it will allow you to blast the school even if they're holding views that are really contrary to gospel and contrary to wisdom Uh, but also i think it will provide protection for your own children uh you know i i've heard it said that the children that are really taken advantage of the most by some of these really out their value systems tend to be those whose parents are not very involved uh and uh you know just because the reality is that anyone even a teacher that, you know, has ideals that are not good ideals, uh, people tend to look for the, the path of least resistance. And if you make yourself not the path of least resistance, I think that's going to be a good place to
1: be. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ben? I, well, I really like what you said. I, I can't say that I have great insight to add. I haven't walked that road. Um, I mean, I think you don't want to have this angry, antagonistic uh Kind of thing where you're up there <laughs> angry and shouting at the school board and, you know, these kinds of things. I think there, there could be kind of a time for some form of confrontation. I think you want to do it in a godly way, raising questions, expressing concern. Um, but yeah, the, some of the stuff that ends up on the news um, is the more sensational stuff and maybe some more of the exception and, and not the rule. Though, I mean, that can be changing, but uh, not every school board and every county and that kind of thing is in the exact same spot culturally and so um but yeah just being being aware being engaged and I, like you personally i know have have tried to take an increasing role in that engagement there in the um <clears throat> your area and some people can do that some people can't um but we want to be praying and, and you mentioned this um i mean this is just you know i shame on me but think like you said this at the beginning or at some point like is at the beginning of the school year one of the things you do like praying for the kids teachers um and just you know it was like a a little bit of rebuke to me like oh yeah that would be good especially i mean they're unbelievers you know my wife is the teacher for one of my kids i mean i pray for her in a different way or for two of my kids and then you know my other one has people who Uh, Some of them I know personally They go to our church One of them is our pastor's wife um, And they're godly people But like they need prayer as well Um, Prayer for wisdom And so be praying for them uh, Because like you said They may not be like these You know ideologues Who are just committed to the cause Of um, leading our children Like a pied piper to hell Yeah some of them may be like really, Really on board with some bad stuff But sometimes they're just kind of they're just sort of you know, lost in the cultural current themselves, but they're not really like that committed. So um, I guess keep that in mind. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Tony, I think this has been uh, good for us to think about it during this time of the year and uh, reflect on some of this. So hopefully this has been useful or some things that are thought-provoking for our listeners. And uh, so thanks for sharing with me what you do and, and, and how you're approaching some things. So it's it's been good for me, so I appreciate it.
0: thank you I've enjoyed the conversation as well
1: All right, man well until next time
0: thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry podcast if you have enjoyed this episode please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media all new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker and iTunes we hope you have a great week And join us again every first and third Thursday.